0: And we are live. This is Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up Podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Coming to you live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. You can find this show live and interact and send in your comments and questions. A tough one here. Raptors fall to the Clippers 126-120. But lots to talk about. Always interesting games against the Clippers, especially with the whole Kawhi angle, Norm angle. It's just weird. But a weird game because it was a back and forth game and the Raptors put up a huge, huge fight shorthanded. So got to give them a lot of credit there. Lots to break down. So send in your comments and questions because that is what the show is all about. So again... Remember, wherever you get this podcast live after each and every game, the places to be are Canada Hoops daily YouTube page, the Canada Hoops daily Instagram page. Just search that. You'll find us there. Like and subscribe. Make sure you follow, rate us, review us, all that fun stuff. And of course, on the app formerly known as Twitter. We go there on can hoops daily. That's where you can find the site. That's where you can like, and subscribe comment with the show, be a part of the show because that's what this is. And we bring it to you after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Uh, if you ever miss the pod live, don't worry. We got you covered, especially these West coast, this West coast swing. We got you covered. You can find us at Apple and on Spotify, under Canada Hoops Daily. So we will break this game down. We will discuss a tough loss for the Toronto Raptors. But again, I just think at this point, you know, we keep talking about this season and what this season will mean for the Toronto Raptors. And I keep trying to to preach patience, to preach the process over the results. And listen, that's not you know, that's not about moral victories. That's not what it's about, but it's about being realistic, okay? And the reality is on the second night of a back-to-back, taking on the Clippers, who are not on the second night of a back-to-back, but also a Clippers team that, let's be serious, has different expectations, right? This is a Clippers team that has championship aspirations. And a Clippers team that, I mean, you're talking about four Hall of Famers, first off, but also a clippers team that has been on a crazy crazy run in which they are 16 and 3 since December 1st. Like that's a that's a solid run. Right? Like the date right now, what is it? January 11th, January 10th by the time the game started. But the point remains, 16 and 3 since December 1st. So Take that into account when you're talking about a Raptors team on the second night of a back-to-back, a devastating loss, mind you, the night before, but also a team shorthanded as Pascal Siakam missed this game with back spasms. And if you remember back to the Lakers game, Pascal took a spill when he was driving to the basket, his legs got clipped, he fell, took an awkward fall. And, you know, he got up gingerly, but he still played, still toughed it out. But, the story goes, he woke up this morning, back was feeling a little tight. No re no reason to rest, no reason to rush him back or force him into action. As first off, you want him to be healthy. But secondly, with all these rumors swirling around, you definitely can't have Pascal Siakam or questions about his health. So better to just rest him and it's all right. But what that means is a Raptors team that's already down a starter without Jacoperto, Now you're down, not only another starter, but one of your dudes. Like there's a big difference between losing Yak and obviously losing Pascal. Pascal, I mean, what he's been doing for this team this season, it goes without saying just everything that he provides, whether it's scoring and timely scoring, but also it's just balancing out your team, especially a team now that you've added so much guard help. Pascal balances that out with getting busy in the paint. So Darko earning his money after, again, earning his money last night with the rant still being a huge topic of discussion. And I mean, he's not shying away from it. Pre-game Darko said, and I mean, I'm assuming anyone listening to this podcast, you're aware of what happened last night or I guess Tuesday night against the Lakers in which the Lakers got every single call down the stretch. Darko Royakovich was not happy and he let the refs know it in an epic tirade rant. That was just great and was everywhere plastered all over all of the talking head uh, news media today in sports. Maybe we'll talk about that at the end because I got some thoughts on that. But anyways, pregame Darko said, I feel that I'm always going to stand up for my team and for my players and for my organization. Everything that happened yesterday is behind us and focus is on today's game and the Clippers today. So here we go. Let's break down the game. And in the meantime, between time, please, again, a reminder, send in your comments and questions wherever you happen to be liking or watching this show, pardon me. And I I, I jumped ahead to the liking part because if you're on YouTube or you're watching this, on instagram wherever you happen to be bless us with a like that's how you support the movement that is this the canada hoops daily presents wrap it up podcast we can't do it without y'all so i appreciate that so let's get to this game though dennis schroeder getting in the starting lineup as he's in place of pascal siakam joining iq rj scotty and of course thad interesting note bismack biombo waved saw that news fly across the timeline raps in need of some you know some centers minutes needing to be gobbled up i think bismack might fit the bill you know i think raps fans would be kind of happy about that anyways topic for another day Let's focus in on the game and the raps started this game and it was an interesting one right because this game was just back and forth throughout it was just trading punches and so i think For me, what I want to focus on in talking about this game is just the rotations, some of the different players we're starting to see, and just the performances. We can highlight some of that. But I thought what was super interesting early on in this game, as the Raptors are trading punches, we're seeing such interesting lineups from Darko. And I guess I get that it's a second night of a back-to-back. Totally understand that. But at one point, We saw Jonte Porter, Gary Trent Jr., Jalen McDaniels, and Garrett Temple all getting minutes in that first quarter. And I thought that was super interesting because Garrett Temple, I don't know if I've seen him play non quote unquote garbage time minutes, but credit to Darko, right? It's something he's preached from his, his opening press conference, and he stood by it. The fact that he wants his guys on the bench to be ready and be ready because he's going to play a lot of guys and even being down two starters being down you know rotation guys doesn't matter you're going to get you're going to get minutes right like Jonte Porter was in the G League like last week and now he's getting like real minutes on the Raptors at a necessity but still and the beauty of having vets like Garrett Temple and even Thad Young who's starting Is those guys are pros that just stay ready because that's not an easy thing to do in in this era, right? Where you're hearing all these athlete pods, you know, whether it's Gilbert Arenas or Jeff Teague or even Paul George, you hear all these athletes come on and they have such funny stories of guys on the bench. Like Gilbert Arenas is talking about dudes on the bench when he was in Washington drinking beers in the water bottles, right? Like, so there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the NBA. And again, if you haven't listened to that pod, that's a definite listen because, yeah, he's he, he's telling the T. Um, but, again, story for another day. The point is, having vets on your team that stay ready is so important, especially for a team like the Raptors that is trying to rebuild their culture. And when you have dudes who are able to set the culture – Dudes who are going to be good examples for the young guys who are the bench players, or even a guy like Grady, who's trying to find his way into some rotation minutes. Getting to watch and travel with Garrett Temple, or getting to watch and travel with that young, and watching these guys go from DNP CDs to no, you got to be ready to step in the game. That's huge. That's massive. And listen, All these guys played pretty well. They gave the Raps solid minutes. I mean, it was a one-point game after the first quarter. And as mentioned, this game was just back and forth and back and forth. But I thought, you know, these guys played pretty well. And you got to think about it, right? There's a lineup at one point. Schroeder, Trent, Temple, McDaniels, and Porter actually outscored the Clippers with Kawhi on the floor, by the way. 10-4 to to close the first quarter. That's huge. And the Raptors were just, how were they doing it though? It was team basketball. The exact way that Darko wants to play, which is up-tempo, but sharing the ball. assists, passing up good shots to get great shots. On their 13 made field goals, Raptors had 11 assists in that first quarter, right? Shooting 65%. That to me is how you get things done in the NBA. Team basketball that's how you get things done when you're undermanned because you're not gonna one person is not gonna make up pascal siakam's 23 a night or 22 a night whatever it is he's averaging per game one player isn't gonna make that up it's gonna have to be a collective and how do you get buckets when you're talking about the collective or guys that might not be at the skill level of pascal siakam well you're gonna do that with ball movement so to me the the fact that A Darko had the confidence to roll with these bench guys that don't get a lot of minutes and don't get a lot of minutes together, right? The fact that he had the confidence to do that and that they answered the bell, that to me is showing. So that's what I mean. That's the stuff I want to talk about on this pod that, you know, it's not so much I get it. They lost. And I'm not talking about moral victories here because that's not what this is about. It's about seeing what you have from a first-year coach, right? Seeing what he's able to instill in a very new roster, like this whole roster, right, is so new. And I think that's the part where you look at this team and you sense the different vibes around this team that even though you lose games, you can still look back and say, okay, well, the process of what they're doing here, there's something. You take some positive out of that. And Jonte Porter, right? Like he looks like a solid, like he could be a solid NBA player. You know, just give him a little more seasoning, give him more time to cook in the oven. Like he looks like a solid NBA player. And the big part about that to me is just when you look at the Raptors and you know, you're in a tough spot because already obviously you're without Jacoperto, but dig deeper into the roster. And Coloco, we haven't really heard much about like what's going on with Coloco. But the whole fact that you're now at a point where Jontae Porter is needed and he doesn't look out of place. That's a testament to the Raps staff because the other part of all this is we've heard all the whispers, people talking about, you know, when's the last time the Raps uh, front office was able to find one of the gems they're used to finding, right, whether it was Freddie, you know, drafting Norm late, all of these things, Jante Porter is is showing that he's giving you solid minutes. And getting a lot of minutes, not looking lost on either end of the floor, but also looking confident. Played 18 minutes tonight, had 9 points and 7 rebounds. Also had 4 assists, also 4 of 8 from the floor. And again, the thing that I look for, as mentioned before, was The way that he gets the ball and he's not shy to shoot, like he's confidently shooting that three. That's pretty cool because it just lets you, it gives you perspective to stop and think, okay, well, what can he actually be? Because at this point, I don't like personally, I wasn't expecting much, but at this point to me, when I look at him playing and when he's getting minutes, I'm like, okay, he, he looks like an NBA player. This looks like a dub for the raps. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? He looks like a dub. Like He looks like an NBA player the Raps taking taken a chance on. They had him in the G League. He was doing work in the G League. You bring him up, and he's able to give you minutes. This, dare I say, is the Raptors organization that we've gotten used to over the years. We hadn't seen it in a while, right? But you're seeing someone come through their program, develop a nine Oh five and be able to contribute at the, the professional level, or I guess, you know, the big team level for lack of a better term. That's pretty cool. And it's out of necessity, but he's doing the job as mentioned, 20 lead changes in that first half Clippers were leading by one point at halftime and the Raptors, the thing that I was impressed with the most is the Raptors' ability to just fight throughout this game. And it was a back-and-forth affair. The Raptors should have been up at the half, if not for Norm Powell hitting this crazy buzzer beater that gave the Clippers a lead. But the other thing about the Raps being able to hang tough with the Clippers team that's playing, you know, one of the hottest teams in the entire NBA, if not the hottest team in the NBA, the thing that's cool about the way this Raptors team plays now is they play a fun style of basketball. They play up and down. It seems like they're never too far out of the game because they're able to shoot a lot better, but also the pace of play, right? You see them pushing the tempo consistently. And to start that third quarter, RJ Barrett, okay? And we're going to talk about RJ a lot because from the get-go, and listen, the tapes are there. So we can go back and listen to the trade when the trade first happened. I know that quickly is probably the guy who, you know, real basketball heads were really excited for the Raps to get because he could be the starter. You know, he's kind of getting unleashed after playing under Tom Thibodeau for so long. But I kept starting from, is OG better than RJ Barrett? That's where I started from because I thought the Raptors won this trade by a mile. But that, that was my starting point. And unless someone could convince me that OG is way better than RJ, I don't get how this trade makes sense from the New York Knicks point of view. So you can tell me that the Knicks are off to, you know, whatever, a 5-0 and record with OG, and OG has a best plus minus because you can boost your stats beating crappy teams like the Portland Trailblazers. Cool. I get all that. But RJ Barrett is and I don't understand when I'm watching this guy play. And I, I know Knicks fans are going to say, just wait, just wait. Cause there's going to be the other shoe to drop. And I just think, you know, at that point you think about what you see from RJ Barrett to me, the thing that is most impressive about what RJ has been doing is the fact that he is doing it at such an efficient number. And even when he doesn't have, you know, last night's game against the Lakers, we talked about it, right? Everything was RJ going downhill. Everything was RJ getting to the cup. And in this game, RJ Barrett comes out and he drops 24 points in this game, but he's 10 of 16 shooting, which is a great solid number. You take that for sure, but also four of six from three. That's a great percentage from three. And I'm sitting here thinking consistently Would OG had a five game run like this in his entire career playing for the Toronto Raptors. That's a serious question, right? Like I'm seriously asking this question here. And even if we break it down to, you know, I thought RJ in his last five games, he's playing really well for the Raps. but I'm saying look at his last three games. You're talking 37 points, 23 points, 24 points. Has OG ever put up three straight games like that in his entire Raptors career? I mean, I really want to go back and look. Because this is where I am with this trade. I don't understand how anyone thinks the, the Knicks won this trade. Because even if OG is that good, you the Raptors got two players that are at least as good as OG and Anobi, And, I mean, Precious. I don't know if anyone saw the box score from Precious last night in New York, but Precious like, I think it was one for nine. He was in there in garbage time, but yeah, not looking too good. And the most I've seen from Malachi Flynn from Knicks fans is him being the like bizarro uh, Mario character. <laughs> like, I don't know. I got to find the meme, but basically it was him being the lookalike to Dante Vincenzo, but like the evil Twin brother of Dante DiVincenzo. So basically, Malachi is winning the memes of the trade. But yeah, RJ Barrett, another great night. And to highlight that, to start this third quarter, Raptors' first 10 points of the third. Okay. RJ Barrett for three. RJ Barrett dunk. <laughs> Quickly assists. RJ miss layup. Thad put back. Then you get a Scotty Barnes three off an RJ Barrett assist. Now, RJ, the way that he has had his imprint on this team since he's played, I thought he's not really forcing. He's pushing the pace. And if the fast break is there, he's going to take it all the way to the cup. His three point shooting, for the most part, he's not forcing any threes. He's shooting them within the rhythm and the flow of the game. And in this one in particular, where this was a back and forth affair, It seemed like once the Clippers started to spread out the lead, RJ was there to like get buckets to keep it close again. I just thought that was really cool. Raptors able to get out on the break. I mentioned that RJ run was crazy. Just him having his imprint on the game, but 10 fast break points in that third quarter for the raps and They led 92-91, 35 lead changes, 10 ties in that game. And as mentioned, the Raps led by one after the first quarter. The Clippers led by one at the half. So, of course, the Raps had to lead by one after three. And the Raptors bench, as mentioned, doing the job. They had the advantage over the Clippers. And I just thought this was a game that even though the Raptors lost, There's so much to talk about in terms of good performances. And in the fourth quarter, you know, too much Paul George. Paul George was able to just knock down too many shots and he was hitting like dagger shots, like backbreaking shots, right? Paul George with 15 points in that third quarter and or in that fourth quarter, pardon me, in winning time. And. At that point, you're you're watching and you're thinking, okay, this is where you realize this is a weight class game. Because Paul George, Kawhi, James Harden, even Norm, right? Norm's hitting threes, but the raps were still fighting. Scotty Barnes, tough lay-in and one. RJ getting buckets. He drives, able to hit, cut it to a four-point lead. This is after I thought this game was over. No, not so much. RJ just keeping them in it and the raps at one point tried to throw the double team at Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi Leonard does just you know what Kawhi does doesn't give up his dribble dribbles out of the double team somehow finds an open lane to throw down a dunk and winning time it's just this is where experience comes in right because you have Kawhi you have Paul George James Harden I know is not really the king of winning time we'll say but He's still a dude who's able to make plays. I mean, it is the regular season, so we've definitely seen him make plays in the regular season in winning time. Playoffs might be another thing, but hey, story for another day. I will say, though, the way that the Raptors continued to fight, you saw Emmanuel Quickly late. He answers with an and one, and I'm very impressed by Emmanuel Quickly's game. The more and more I watch him, the more and more I'm impressed because... It's been a while since a Raptors had a point guard like this that I thought could, you know, the way that he's able to score, he can score at three different levels. He can score from three off the dribble, off the dribble, catch and shoot, right? He can score with the mid-range floater in the lane and he can get all the way to the cup and lay in through contact. It's been a while. I'm trying to think. I don't even know who the Raptor is That I would compare Quickly's game to because he's kind of quicker than Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry could do that stuff, but it was kind of different, you know. Lowry and Freddie, most of the time, it's like they're able to shoot threes, maybe get all the way to the cup. I don't really know about the mid-range game there. You know, they didn't really have the floater game, so it's it's a different style point guard. Quickly, I just feel is more dynamic and is able to score at the three levels. And I mean, I don't know who's a better shooter, but Quickly, man. That guy, he just gets buckets. 25 points, six assists, four rebounds. But again, great shooting percentage. Seven of 16, right? That's not bad. You take that. That's not great. I, I take that back. Not great. That's okay. Solid. You take that from your point guard. Two of four from three for quickly. And you look at this game and you, you I, I'm starting to pay attention to the shots. Like who's taking the most shots on the team. And I find this all interesting, right? Because you have Quickly and RJ with 16, Dennis Schroeder with 13, Scotty Barnes with only 10 shot attempts in this game. Scotty was 5 of 10 for 12 points, but he had 6 assists, 7 rebounds, 2 blocks. I feel like Scotty Barnes, you know, as this team kind of figures out where it is. I talked about this with Zulfi the, uh, last night, but... Shouts to Zulfi, by the way, my guy putting in mega work today. Hopefully you guys are following him. You better be following him on socials. That guy's putting in work was covering the 905 game earlier tonight as well doing work. But we were talking last night about the fact that Scotty Barnes is so good, like he can do so many different things that like it so matters more about the guys around him and how good they are cuz he can then settle in and fill in another role so i know his scoring numbers might be down since rj and quickly have come aboard but i think it's helped him defensively be have more of an impact on the team it's helped him you know be that floater in certain instances and be able to come over and get the big time blocks It's helped him defensively in terms of not having to lead the offense at all points so he can have some energy in the reserve to play defense. That's going to be the interesting thing going forward that I want to see. Who do the Raps go to in winning time? Who's getting the shots in crunch time? Because in this one, I thought it was cool to see quickly take some of those shots and get to the foul line, score through traffic. And as mentioned, he hits that layup to cut it to three and then Paul George hits a massive 3, his fifth of the game, big time buckets. That made it a 6-point game and guess what? Some stuff happened after that, but essentially 6-point dub for the Clippers who win this one 126 to 120 on the Clippers side of things, Paul George and Kawhi both leading the way with 29 points apiece for the Clippers in this one. James Harden with 14 and 11 and he got uh, where's my guy norm norm with 13 points in this game it's good seeing norm man i miss norm i always think you know the raps essentially chose og over norm and like og was younger if i'm not mistaken so i get it and you know at the time depending on how like og probably fit beside siakam and Fred better than Norm did. So I I understand that, right? But I always wonder, you know, like what if Norm stayed instead? And you know, that also goes into the point of Gary Trent Jr. hasn't really hasn't really lived up to the hype. You know what I mean? He's been okay. But I wouldn't say that Gary Trent Jr. has been great or amazing in his Raptor tenure. He's had he's had some moments, but overall he's been just okay. I, I think I would say. That's the way that I would put it anyways. Let me know what you think in the chat. And speaking of the chat, this is where we get the comments from the peoples. Again, tune in live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. And you too can join the show. Be a part of the show. We'll read your comments and questions. The places where you can find that you can find us on Instagram and on YouTube. Just search Canada hoops daily you can find us there and live. There will be a feed of the pod. You'll be able to send in your comments and questions, and we will do our best to read said questions. I just realized as I'm saying all that, I never actually put the pod live on Instagram. <laughs> I just hit the button right now to put us live on Instagram. My bad to all the Instagram people. But here's the thing here's the thing we will take the comments and questions. And where do we start here? There's lots of comments here. Huge shouts to the people in there. Um, Great effort by the Young Guns. Great energy. Fun basketball to watch. I, I agree. I think the Raps, you know, the Raps are at this point where I know you referred to them as the Young Guns. And yeah, they do have young players. But also the balance of having Thad on their team, the balance of having um, Garrett Temple on their team, it gives them, I love the balance of that because it just, you know, sometimes it's not just about the coaches and what the coaches say. Sometimes you need a player voice to kind of mix things in, you know, and hearing it from guys that have done it before, guys who obviously have had long-term careers that can rub off on the rest of your team, you know, and a good example set for the young guys. So I think that part's pretty cool for sure and cool to see. Uh, let's get some more comments though. I'm um, scrolling back up to the top here with Pascal. Who knows? We might have won that game. It's definitely a more interesting game for sure if Pascal is involved. I thought the Raps did a really good job without him. Uh, clearly, you lost by six, but the balanced scoring attack that we've seen. In most of these games, since you know five wraps in double digits scoring in this game, that young at eight, you know Jonte Porter at nine, so their offense putting up 120 without Pascal Siakam, he still did a pretty good job, you know. So you got some points from your bench, which is what you need if you're going to beat a good team like the Clippers. You got bench production. And when you're missing one of your top guys, the bench production really helps. It just wasn't enough, but definitely an interesting wrinkle. If Pascal was in the lineup, what would this game have been? A great question for sure. Uh, expected Thad on his vet biz boosting up his trade chip. Add in Add in Grady and get a replacement. I think the Raps listen. Obviously, there might be a team that needs a vet presence in thad young but i don't know if playoff time i think if otto porter jr could prove that he's healthy for like three weeks maybe he could be a chip that goes to a winning team you know i'm interested to see what happens with that but he just can't seem to stay healthy and that's really tough because not only do i think that he could have helped this raptors team like on the court but i think if he was healthy and he was just proving to be okay, he could be a valuable trade asset at the, di- at the trade deadline. But it's tough when you're not playing. You can't stay healthy. It's tough. And he seems for everyone, everyone seems to say he's a really good guy too, right? So that's what makes it difficult as well. More comments. This team gives me hope. I love the fight they put up. Yeah, we mentioned that tonight in a game like you got to put everything into consideration. It's not excuses. It's just reality. Second night of a back to back. You're going up in weight class against a Clippers team that is way better than the Lakers. A Clippers team that is on a roll, as mentioned, 16 and three since December 1st and a Clippers team that features James Harden, (laughs) Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, you know, like. Those are four Hall of Famers. That's a legit team and a really good coach in Ty Lue. And they sat and got to watch you play last night against the Lakers. So the Raps, I'm not saying that, hey, moral victory, we only lost by six. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when you sit down and watch that game, there were a lot of moments where it would have been easy for the Raps to be like, ah, we just don't got it tonight. Let's pack it in, head to Utah. And they didn't, they kept fighting all the way to the end of the game and playing hard in terms of pushing the ball up the floor, trying to get easy buckets, playing really good defense. The vibe is just different. They talked about it on the broadcast team just looks like they're having more fun. There's more energy. There's a vibe and there was a vibe before too, but it was straight bad vibes. (laughs) Uh, What else we got? Thad still showing he's got some gas in the tank. I'm sure he's happy on the floor. Uh, totally agree with that. That Young doing the thing for the Raps. Again, eight points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals. He's just active. Four or five from the floor. He gave them good minutes. 23 minutes tonight. Like I hope people understand how difficult that is to do. To go from getting no minutes to now you got to start. And start at a position and play center. <laughs> right? like it's just crazy 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 stuff but credit to Thad Young who's being able to do it and I really think the Bismack Biombo thing could be real just because you need other options right Thad Young has been able to do it now for two games but remember Yak is out for a minimum of two weeks so this Thad Young thing might not be able to let you ride for three weeks or a month. Jonte Porter's story is cool, but even still, you need more behind him. I'm going to be honest about something here too. I'm a big Chris Boucher guy, and I thought that this injury to Yaka would be a huge opportunity for Chris Boucher to step up and get more minutes, and he just hasn't done that. Another very poor game for Chris Boucher, and... I don't know what it was neg minus 10 in this game team low minus 10. And I mean, he had three points, one of three shooting, but the thing I look for, for Chris Boucher, the energy stats, he has zero blocks, no steals, one rebound. That's not Chris Boucher. Like, I don't know what's going on. And I will say this. I'm not saying this in specifics to Chris Boucher. I'm saying this in specifics to the NBA. I always question if a team, much like when they come to Toronto, when a team gets their one trip to L.A., what are the extracurriculars going on? And again, I'm not saying that in reference to Chris Boucher. I say that in reference to the NBA as a whole. There are certain cities that you head to, and sometimes you see some like odd performances, we'll say. Again, I'm not saying this in specifics to Chris Boucher. I'm not even making excuses for Chris Boucher. All I'm saying is he didn't look good the last two games. That's all. Let's keep it going, though. More comments. Uh, This is taking me back to the 2017-2018 raps with the young guns on the come-up. This, I mean, they're just vibes. That's the reality of it. There's just vibes. The whole, if you think about the post-championship run, after that first year where it was the bubble season and the Raps took the Celtics to seven games and lost, that team still had vibes. The next season was the Tampa year. Bad vibes. Terrible vibes. The season after that, you still had some, some COVID vibes that were not, you know, The stadiums were half empty and some of them had fans and some of the stadiums didn't have fans. There were fans not coming across or teams not sending their full teams across the border. So the raps were getting some easy dubs, you know, weird vibes that season. Then you had last year. Last year, we know how weird those vibes were. And the start of the year that carried over, even though Fred was gone, even though Nick nurse was gone the vibes were still super strange in Raptor land. And so now I think as you bring back 2017, 2018 raps, just that era pre Kauai pre championship. I think there's just vibes back on the team where there's an energy. You're seeing bench reacts, everyone cheering for each other. That stuff matters. Here's a comment that says literally it's just auto and Coloco whole season. Nowhere else. Uh, Oh, no show. Pardon me. Let me read that again. Pardon me. You know, it's one thirty-eight a.m. in the morning on the East Coast. Back to backs here. Late, 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 late LA games. Pardon me if my reading skills have dropped a little bit here. But this comment says, literally, it's just auto and colloquial, whole season, no show. Everyone else has at least been playable and said, adds in Grady to that. Yeah. Otto just keeps getting hurt and that sums up his whole tenure as the Raptors. Um, Coloco, we don't know what's going on. We just know that he's had a respiratory issue. Um, I think there were reports he was on the court, which, you know, doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything in terms of he's close to coming back, but I think it means something in terms of, you know, just good to see him on the court because when you have something that's that long-term, and that's been going on for this long. You just worry about the, him as a person and hope that everything's okay in that sense. Right. Uh, another question about Jonte. Yeah. Jonte putting in work cannot hate on Jonte at all. Jonte. He just looks like a solid, solid, big, definitely can be a backup center in this league and just doesn't look shook, you know, and he's active. That stuff I think matters. That's how I judge like big guys. How active are you? You know? What are you doing when you're on the floor in your minutes? Do you look shook? Are you out of position? Those things matter. And for him, 9.7 rebounds, right? Seven rebounds in 18 minutes. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, what does this say? We got a comment here from let me see if I can bring this up here. I don't know what just happened here. Oh, here we are. Was this thing Sheldon, who was one of the OG podcasts following the raps, giving his insight and balanced analysis with claps. Okay. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm happy, honestly. Like, I'm not even really tired. I know this is going to sound weird to say because it's late. And I know I'm struggling with my reading, but I'm saying Overall. When I talk about like doing this pod and we're now what, 30, almost 40 games in this season. So almost halfway through. Like I thought that I'd be super tired and I'm knocking on wood. I thought that I'd be super tired, like jumping back into this, you know, after like so many years off and a hectic schedule, you know, juggling, you know, just other aspects like my job of doing. The raps openings for the games that are on Sportsnet and doing football picks pod every week and doing the challenge pod every week, the DVP pod every week. Like I thought that I'd be super tired adding in doing raps post game shows. And so far, you know, there's been some days, but it, you're just, it's just the ability to balance out the schedule. And I'll be honest too, I get hype just talking to the fans of the raps. That's what's giving me hype. And the trade. Also, turned around the trajectory of this Raptor season. So, that also has given me life. But yeah, basically, it's the exact same thing that I always tried to do with the Kawhi year. It's like, it's not just about the wins and losses, right? Like, it's about the long term. And I remember the Kawhi year, and I bring it up because it's funny because the whole point was just getting him to the playoffs. And that's what mattered. That was going to be judged. The trade was going to be judged by the playoffs. And I kept stressing, enjoy the ride. Enjoy watching Kawhi in a Raptors uniform. That's what I kept saying after every single pod that year. And it's so crazy to think that like all these years later, got to ask are the Clippers doing, uh, uh, I don't even know. Is it petty? I don't, I don't know what you call it, but the, the, Clippers announcing Kawhi's extension the day that they're playing the Raptors? That's kind of weird to me. Did they do that on purpose? Do we think there's a level of petty here from the Los Angeles Clippers? Because you could announce this yesterday. You could announce it tomorrow. You could announce it next week. You could announce it before Christmas. But are you going to really convince me That y'all really came to an agreement and it just happened to be the day that the Toronto Raptors are in town to face the Clippers. And if you remember how contentious it was between these two organizations, right? Because the Clippers essentially had a squad following Kawhi that whole season he was in Toronto with the Raptors. And there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that I don't think the Raps front office was pretty happy about. And so now has Kawhi's re-signing again in LA. I'm just asking, do we think there's some shadiness, some gamesmanship here, some pettiness from the Clippers brass announcing this on the day they're playing the Raptors? Or maybe they'll tell you, no, it's an opportunity to celebrate the next step in Kawhi's career. And I'm sure the Raptors would be happy. Like, I don't know what the PR spin would be, but either way, I just find it pretty funny. But yeah. Thanks for giving me the, you know, chance to kind of go back and relate to what happened when we first were doing the pod during that Kawhi year and bringing it back to this season in which, in this game, in which Kawhi still out here doing work. And it's crazy to see Kawhi because I know he's had a lot of injured years with the Clippers. And first off, before we get to the Clipper side of it, I'm still standing on everything that I was then about I will never be mad at Kawhi Leonard right Kawhi Leonard came here for one year he lived up to his contract he delivered in the biggest way possible by being finals MVP and leading the Toronto Raptors to an NBA championship then he decided to go home to play in LA I will never be mad at Kawhi so I know there's you know Raptors fans that are salty that he didn't stay in Toronto and he didn't resign and that he went to the Clippers then got hurt. And even the next year, if he had stayed, maybe the Raptors would have won. Like I understand all of that, but I will never be in the camp of saying anything negative about Kawhi Leonard and his time in Toronto. And I will always big up Kawhi. And I think his Jersey should be retired in Toronto. I'm going to be the person to always boost Kawhi because I feel like as we go further and further away from the 2019 championship, the way that Toronto fans and sometimes the media, I'll say will frame that NBA championship. It kind of, they try to diminish Kawhi's role. And I even saying that sounds so weird to me, but I think it's boosting the other people's roles in the Raptors winning the championship therein lies, diminishes Kawhi's role because Kawhi was a key cog in all that, right? Like do yourself a favor and take like 10 minutes and go back and watch on YouTube. Just type in Kawhi Leonard Sixer series, okay? If you ever forget, you ever want to go back through, go back down memory lane, just go back and watch Kawhi Leonard Raptors 2019 season highlights or whatever. Or you know what? Just watch game seven. Game seven, I know he hit the big shot and I get that, cool but after having massive, massive games to start that series after having you know him winning game four it would have been yeah, because if they lose game four they go down 3-1 they win game four, it's tied 2-2 and Kyle Lowry will tell you he said it on a pod he thought the Raps were going to lose and then Kawhi brought them back and made them win So if you watch game seven of that series where every Raptor not named Kawhi and a little bit of surge surge had a big shot late, everyone was shook and mind you, everyone on the Sixers also shook, but Kawhi, he was getting shots up, (laughs) right? Like that was a star doing star things and putting a team on his back. That is incredible. I will never forget that. That was the most fun I've had watching basketball, rooting for a team in basketball, like cheering on a player. And I made sure, and I kept trying to stress on the platform, the small platform that I had to just enjoy every second of it and remember that because that was the dopest shit ever. Like my favorite moments of that Kawhi run is like, first off, the 10-0 run, in the finals when it was game five and the Raptors were down, Kawhi goes on a personal 10-0 run to give the Raptors the lead and then Nick Nurse called timeout. Remember, like there was a moment where we thought at home the Raptors were about to win that game in game five? Because remember, everyone that night was planning their party and celebration for Raptors winning game five at home. And then they were losing that game. And then Kawhi in the fourth quarter said, nah, I'm trying to bring us back. And he did with a 10-0 run on his own. (laughs) And that was just incredible. And then Nick Nurse called timeout. And, you know, Kyle missed a shot at the very end. All that fun stuff. And we know what happened. They won game six. Cool. Everyone goes home happy. But that 10-0 run, again, star player doing star player shit. That's just what the NBA is at, at its height. Of entertainment also favorite moments of Kawhi the Bucks series to win game six at home when the wraps are down and Kawhi just had that crazy run at the end of the third quarter I think the wraps were down like 15 and he cut the lead to like eight or whatever going into the fourth and that just started the momentum and uh, the dunk on Giannis I'm never gonna forget that I don't know if I've screamed louder. I probably screamed louder the dunk on Giannis and I did the four bounce because the four bounce is just weird. Like, wait, did that just happen? The dunk on Giannis though, (laughs) because it was Giannis, because it was like capping a run. Come on, man. How y'all going to be mad at Kawhi? There's going to be a day, I hope, that someone's able to do the 30 for 30 or 60 for 60 on the Raptors championship, because the further and further we get away from it, the weirder and weirder that championship is. When you add in all the elements of like Mark Gasol trade and like Kyle being so mad at the Damar trade and Raptors fans being so mad at the Damar trade and Kawhi just being Kawhi, <laughs> like. I shouldn't give that idea away. I shouldn't give an idea. I was about to say something, but it's an idea that I think is pretty good that I shouldn't say into a microphone for free. Hmm. Interesting. I should write that down. Bottom line is, kids, don't forget about Kawhi. That was awesome. Let me see what other comments we have here. Sorry, any chance I get to reminisce about Kawhi, I'm going to do it. So... It was blame the commenters, right? They got me on this Kawhi wave and I'm, I'm going to jump at it every chance I get. And Hey, he had a pretty good night tonight too. 29 points, seven assists, 10 of 18 shooting for Kawhi getting to the free throw line. He looks healthy. And I think that's really dope because at the end of the day, you know, he left, he was injured most of the time he's been on the Clippers, but we get spurts every once in a while that just remind us how good that man is and that's dope more comments though uh what it comes down to is jante is more worthy of getting signed from a two-way than delton jr would have been totally agree um another comment if we if in the future we might remember that Lakers game and Darko as a turning point. I think... Oh, I'll continue because there's more comments here. Same same breath. Great bonding road trip for these guys to find cohesion. Wins are great, but adversity forges a team identity and connection. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that comment. I think, you know, Darko, what he did... Because that clip went everywhere. That clip... Was viral, viral, not Cat Williams viral, because I think Cat Williams kind of changed the definition of what viral is, is. I think on last check, I saw that Cat Williams interview was at like 40 something million views on YouTube, which is an insane number. But Darko was everywhere last night, everywhere this morning, all day. And so if you're the Toronto Raptors and you're seeing that and you're seeing, you know, just the fierceness in my guy's voice and the seriousness in his voice like you have to ride for that guy now if you're scotty barnes you gotta ride for that guy now because that guy's out here taking shots for you talking about how he thinks you're gonna be the face of the league i think that's cool i also think a road trip like this where you have a trade and you have new guys and you're on the road that gives opportunity for bonding for sure. So I think that's interesting. (laughs) Another comment says precious and Flynn are heading to the Shanghai ducks. (laughs) Yo, yo, I'm not going to do them that dirty, but I also can't really tell you that you're wrong. The point is of that is just, we really got RJ and Emmanuel quickly for OG precious and Malachi Flynn. I'm just saying we might look back on this trade and it can be like one of the craziest trades in Raptors history. Time will tell it's early, but damn. Uh, Speaking of, we've been waiting for years to give us what RJ has given us in five games. Yeah. I think that's about like the OG thing was tough for me, man. Cause I got to say it was at least three years overdue where I've done said I'm done with the OG is like OG is what he is. And that's pretty decent. You know, it's solid, but like the whole, is this the year OG breaks out? Oh, OG wants to be a bigger part of the offense. Oh, OG developed this part of his game. And the, like all of that talk, like I was tired of for years and years. So if you want to bring in someone younger in RJ, Someone Canadian in RJ. Someone who you know talk about as Zolfi was saying last night. Someone with that dog, like RJ. Like RJ is getting to the cup. RJ ain't shook. I don't know. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, to round out the Kawhi talk, someone says Kawhi got us a chip then dipped. <laughs> yes, he did. But damn that the chips and the chips with the dip, as Drake said, was damn good. Um, Kawhi was another comment. Kawhi was a man, but Gasol got us over the finish line. Listen, that that almost speaks to my soul. Anyone who was rocking with us during that 2019 season knows that I was a leader of the Mark Gasol bandwagon. I was a Mark Gasol stan in terms of trying to help people understand the full-on value that Mark Gasol bought, brought to that team, but also understand the level of sacrifice that Marc Gasol came to that team with in terms of, all right, I'm going to come here, set screens, play defense, and just shoot open threes. Like, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm an all-NBA caliber player, for like multiple-time all-star. And hey, I'm just going to be here and fit in a role. What do you need me to do? Okay, I'll do it. Marcus all, man. Also, just fitting in the offense and moving the ball, helping the ball not stick unless your name is Kawhi Leonard. What a time. I'm not saying the vibes. Clearly, the vibes are not on the 2019 level vibes with the Kawhi after the Kawhi trade. But, but I will say the vibes are very high and I'm happy to enjoy these vibes because it's been a great ride so far. So huge shouts to anyone tuning in on the late night here as we close in on 2 a.m. on the East Coast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this, the Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up podcast. Thank you to all the people that sent in their comments to become a part of the show. We appreciate that. That is what this show is all about. Huge thank you for that because, you know, without without you guys, listen, there is no show. So I appreciate everyone sending in their comments and questions night in, night out. And just a reminder and know that you can find us live after each and every Toronto Raptors game on YouTube at Canada Hoops Daily or on Instagram at Canada Hoops Daily. Same thing goes for on the app formerly known as Twitter. You can find us at Canada hoops daily that's how you interact with the show live send in your comments and questions or else just listen and join the show and you know enjoy maybe a needed therapy session like we had last night because that was huge you know And if you ever miss a show live, which happens, because again, it's 2 a.m. in the morning, we got you covered for your morning commute. So huge shouts to the people listening to this in the morning on your way to work. Hopefully we picked up your vibes a little in the morning. You know, maybe your morning workout, whatever it is. We got you covered on Apple and on Spotify. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple and Spotify. Just search Canada Hoops Daily. Big shouts to the folks at Canada Hoops Daily for bringing the Wrap It Up podcast back. You know, it's been a a lot of fun so far. We're trying to let the good times continue. So I thank you for that. Really appreciate it. Because as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up podcast. Coming to you live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.